Ooh. What's up, Internet? My name's David Webb. I'm Marielle Edwards. We get nerdy nightly. And we thought we'd share it with you. We are having truly the time of our lives right now as we are on our 87th attempt to record this podcast. Truly, truly. And you know what? It started off well. I was like, oh, this is going to work. And then... And then everything has just gone wrong. But here we are. But here we are. And and the reason why this has been an adventure is because we really, we wanted to pull out the red carpet and do something special. We wanted to go above and beyond what we've done in the past mm-hmm. because for the first time in Nerdy Nightly 2.0 history, we have a guest, star of the stage and screen. If you're Canadian, you might have seen her on a thousand seasons of Letterkenny. <laughs> if you're a nerd, which if you're listening to this and you're not a nerd, um, I, how did you find confused, us? But... What happened? Um, you might have seen her in the Star Trek Short Treks, uh, an episode of American Gods, some other very nerdy things. We're talking about Sash Striga. Yeah, yeah, my that's best me. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's here. Ariel's best friend. Yeah. <laughs> In the flesh. Henceforth, that's what you shall be known as. Henceforth on my resume, Sash Striga, Ariel's best friend. <laughs> do, you, do you have any special skills on your resume? I have several special skills on my resume. One of them actually I stole from Ariel. What? What, did, what is it? Oh, this is fun. Remember at your, ooh, I think it might have been the same birthday that you threw out popcorn twists when right. <laughs> which we were just talking about off podcast for good reason uh, mm-hmm. um oh no you can and- talk about that on po- the whole reason <laughs> look star trek is great but the reason you're here is to tell me funny stories about our <laughs> listen i'm multi-talented um <laughs> quadruple threat really truly uh no, and um, your mom made us all have a talent show. Oh, Do you remember this? And she like God. she like got everyone all gathered around, and she yeah. was like, "We're having a talent show, and Ariel's yeah. gonna do her special talent." And we were all like, "Okay, what's her special talent?" Yeah. And she gave Ariel a glass of water, and she's like, "Do it." And Ariel's like, "I really don't want to. Like, this is like <laughs> this is my social standing. I'm gonna be bullied. Yeah, Sarah's gonna be mean to me on a podcast in 20 years. On a podcast in 20 years, when she's no longer known as Sarah and is known as Sash. Yeah, um, it's very confusing. It's very confusing. <laughs> And uh, anyways, so then she gave you a glass of water and she got you to gargle the national anthem in front of everyone. And she thought it was the... She thought it was the coolest thing. Most incredible skill ever. And so I... I don't don't understand what gargling... Do you not understand how it's a special skill? No. Because it's on my resume now. What? Is it, yeah. hard, is it hard to gargle a song? No. No, no it's not. But see, that's oh, okay. the thing. It's like that... singing with water in your mouth. And like gargling, like, you know, when you gargle with Listerine and you like. Yeah, but isn't that just humming with water in your mouth? Yeah. So you I just mean, hum the national anthem with. Ariel could always do a demonstration. I could not. She could always Truly do a demonstration. No. If, 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 I'll make it a subscriber goal on my Twitch that Ariel will come in. <laughs> no. Gargles the national anthem. Yes. You can't make me. You're not my mom. <laughs> Thank God. Quite, quite literally. Um, yeah, so, so that's on my have, that's on Have my you ever been asked skills. to do that in an audition? No, but I have had people say, oh, what is that? And I've had to be like, pay me and you'll find out. Like, <laughs> book me and maybe I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, got, you got to pay for that. Yeah, that's like, that that's the premier content level yeah. for sure. I'm going to start an OnlyFans that's just me gargling songs. <laughs> 
One time, when I was when I first started dating my boyfriend, actually, and he was in England, I sent him a video of me gargling England's national anthem. You did not. I I did, and I mean, I'm you, of course you did. Of course I did, and I'm wow. so amazed that he loves me and <laughs> wanted to stay in a relationship with me. And also, we weren't really I'm dating not. at this time. We were just sort of like seeing each other. So mm-hmm. I sent a guy I wasn't even dating a video of me gargling the English. Wait. God save yes. the queen? Yes, that. There you Rule go. Britannia. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> and in a very high key. So it was... Oh, wow. Ooh, you, you spiced I it up a, a little. I am a soprano. Yeah. So. I, I know that. <laughs> very aware of that fact. <laughs> that, in some instances, that is impressive. Gargling the national anthem is... I, I'm just... I, I don't know. At least you'd be hydrated. You know, you wouldn't dry out your cords. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good... True. Uh, yeah, no. Wow. True. Singer's tip. Yeah, that's... For all you the know. singers out there, anyone that's following from musical theater, you know, <laughs> gargle the national anthem. Put it on your resume. You'll get booked. Yeah, because I've booked so many jobs. Have you put it? Is it on your special skills? <laughs> no. See, that's the problem. That's your no. problem. Well, all right. I'll call my agent. Please do. <laughs> like, hey, look. I, I was, actually, when I told my agent that I was like a Twitch streamer, she thought it was the coolest thing she's like we have to put this on your resume and i was like yeah for sure oh oh, okay it's like saying it's like it's like influencers of the internet wait lots of influencers yeah cut that cut that last (laughs) scratch that last no we don't make cuts in this podcast i don't edit great to know yeah so everything you say will be immortalized on the internet that's 100% also not true. No. <laughs> but I'll only cut out anything that makes us look bad. Oh, like, yeah. so pretty much everything that comes out of my mouth. No, 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 nothing that makes Arielle look bad. Sorry, anything that makes oh, me look bad. Okay, but what about me? Can we cut out things that make me look bad? Um, You're going to have to send it through your publicist. But, okay, yeah. I will. Yeah, I'll get my agent. I'll, my agent will get in touch with your agent. of your agent, then yes, yes we'll okay, I will. I'll get, um, right. I'll get her on it. After it's been released, just in- so that like the first, you know, opening day people get that special content. Ooh, yeah, yeah that, mm. yeah, the uncut version. Yeah. <laughs> God. hey that's a thing people people love that people pay for it it's like you for know uncut things no it's like you know when cats was first released and how got much of a nightmare it was and then they they tried to save it by like fixing some of the cgi oh you mm-hmm. mean like cat buttholes yeah well no they, well, they, they put out that... the original version of cats was only in theaters for two days yeah and then a a patched version of the movie came out no way yeah because i saw it opening night because as you do of with I everything <laughs> yeah i'm 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 not a big fan of cats but i like movies yeah uh Same. it's weird how the world works um so i went opening day and i was sitting there in utter disbelief at how messy it was especially from a cgi perspective like yeah there were like times where people's hands were just their hands and not their cat hands. I would hands say yet. at least most of the movie where people's hands were just their hands it was No cuz the well maybe you saw the version the original Maybe. But the so we watched it recently. Mm-hmm, which was um, two, a couple months ago. Wild. And it was a much <laughs> it was a much cleaner CGI version. Mm-hmm. Um Judy Dench's wedding ring wasn't there and stuff like that. Um, hilarious but um i wish i'd seen the butthole cut I, that's the one they should have put out i think that i personally would have purchased it if there was the butthole cut you would have paid money for I it i would have paid more money than i did pay to watch it wow yeah yeah because wow. i just think that that's like you know that's that's history that's history <laughs> history in the making and i, I, I want to be a witness this. i want to be a part of that you know i want to be in mm-hmm. it 
Yeah, I, it's rare to find a movie over. It's rare to find a movie with a like a significant budget mm. that is as ill-conceived as that one. <laughs> no, I I actually one hundred percent agree with you. Yeah, there's because and I admire it in a lot of ways. Because there was a point where a group of people were like, what if we just went for the craziest possible version of this? And enough people got on board with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have admiration for the for the attempt and for the swing. If you're going to swing, yeah. swing big. Yeah. It's like a thing in our industry. People for always sure. saying that. Yeah. And they, they did. <laughs> and then it, it was everything after that, I feel, that went... Yeah, at some point, yeah. somebody should have said, okay, wait a second. Yeah. No. Like, I yeah. think it should have been at some point when they were watching the choreography and being like, oh, we're not doing cats yeah. See, but you know what? It's interesting that you bring up the choreography because I honestly feel like that was the only redeeming bit of the movie, that and Taylor Swift, because I am the most hardcore Swifty <laughs> in the world. I, oh God, we are going to be best friends one day. I believe that. Squat up. I'm going to squat up. <laughs> we're going to have like a bad blood 2.0. I'll be in it. Oh, all right. Yeah. Like anyways, swing big. Exactly. Swing big. Absolutely. Thank you. But I found that the choreography was actually the only redeeming part of it, really. I just thought that the dancing was beautiful. I'm so happy that they hired a, a professional ballet dancer for mm-hmm. for the role that reco- that is historically the most dance heavy in mm-hmm. the musical, and that's that's fantastic. So ten out of ten for that, mm-hmm. because there's way too many times that does not happen. <clears throat> I just oh, found, I, yeah. I just found the dancing, and not to make this a cat's podcast, um, but. <laughs> I think it should be a cat's podcast. (laughs) It is now. We just talk about cats every week for the rest of our lives. I like cats. Um, I found like Jenny Annie Dots wasn't, was like a movie version of that Mm. that wasn't the thing. Mm. Um, She's the tap cat. And Mm -hmm. then Skimble Shakes became the tap cat. And then there was no ball. If you don't know the musical Cats, everything I'm saying right I'm, now is sounds like nonsense. Because yeah. I also don't really know the Cats musical oh. very well. Like, I obviously know of it because, mm-hmm. you know, it's whatever. It's, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. But that's going to sound really good as well because it's, yeah, you know. But we're going to cut all of that out. No, that goes no. on. Okay. Oh, guys. <laughs> it's, it's, if it's not like my agent's going to be so anyone, mad. It stays in. I'm just kidding. My <laughs> Yeah, it's it's the, the thing I love about podcasts is in the long format, it just gets to be a little bit more genuine and a little bit less like we have to cut this down to five minutes. Yeah, so true. Very true. You get like a real idea of like who the people are mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. you know, are having a conversation. Yeah, which is nice. It's yeah. And and it's one of the reasons that I think I've been really enjoying it, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel under researched. For this podcast, because okay. I did not realize we were only going to talk about cats, and I don't have any like fun facts about the movie. <laughs> Listen, no. I'm more than happy to change the conversation from well, cats. Let's, you know, but like I, as much as I've enjoyed it, thank you so much for having me. I do have to go. Um, <laughs> well, we have not been, what I signed up for. <laughs> you have not been on my here rider. for three and a half hours to try and record a sixty minute podcast. I have yes, yeah. So moving on from cats, mm. um, the train my mech. passion. Um, Sash, it's so weird calling you Sash. I know because I know you was Sarah, but you know we're gonna uh, we're, we're just gonna we're, we're trying pushing through it. Um, I don't know. Introduce yourself. Tell us a fun fact. <laughs> 
Yikes. Um, <laughs> hi. Oh, you're very good at this. Thank she, you. I should be an interviewer professionally. Great at putting her best friend on the spot is what she's good. <laughs> Professional. <laughs> great at putting her best friend on the spot for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Hi. My name is Sash Striga. <laughs> Um, people pronounce my last name wrong all the time. That's a fun fact. And people call me Sasha all the time, which I really can't blame them for because Sash is, you know, not as know. common a name as Sasha. Yeah, but if you're reading it, there's, I, you're who? also Sash is a word. Like it's not like it's not a word. It's <laughs> yeah, it's a type of belt, I believe. What's a sash? A sash. Well, yeah, or it's like it's a pageant. Like a fabric. It's, um, you know, in pageants when oh, yes. they See, wear I'm the think- little banner thing, that's a sash. You went nerdy and you thought, I'm like, thinking sash, of, like, like Diablo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. the first belt that you get in Diablo is a crude sash. <laughs> yeah, it's literally, like, a strip of fabric tied around, like, your waist or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's also a sash. It is. A, yeah. Multiple... Multiple definitions for Sash. One of them so happens to be a Canadian actress. Yes. So and that's the that one that I am. Like, I want to be like the thing you win in a beauty pageant. You know, no, but that <laughs> honestly doesn't sound that far off from something I would choose. That's no, true. um, Sash actually happened really authentically. My, my, well, my legal name is Sarah Ashley. Mm-hmm. So when I was in Young Canadians, I had a dance partner who would call me Sarah Mustashley because one time on stage I got a piece of hair stuck in my lip gloss across my face and it just looked like I had mm. this mustache and neither of us could get it off my face the entire number. Classic. So that nickname just kind of happened. And then it got shortened to Sashley and then I went to college the first time because I just apparently love going to college. <laughs> and um, <laughs> who doesn't? <laughs> who doesn't? And my friends there shortened it to Sash and it stuck and then I... Went to Toronto and it was my nickname and we had like three Sarahs in my class of um, when I was taking acting. We had three different Sarahs. Mm -hmm. So it was like, I'm not just going to go by Sarah S, right? Like my nickname Sash, so I'll go by that. And Mm -hmm. then it just, at that point, it was just who I was. Everyone knew me as Sash. No one knew me as Sarah anymore. So Mm -hmm. just kind of stuck. So I'm happy it came authentically. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't one of those names that you wrote in your journal when you were 12. (laughs) That you if thought you would be your stage bring name. up my fake stage names right now, ooh, this friendship's over. I don't know what over. you're talking about. What were you going to say? <laughs> my fake stage name was Jake Webb for a year. Right. I went by Jake Webb for a whole year in middle school. Wow. Or like, no, I think it was like my freshman year of high school maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Rough. Rough. I have never gone as anything other than Ariel Edwards. Well, I did try Except to make... Except Clara I guess. Well, yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. But that's, you know, my Twitch handle. That's mm-hmm. not my stage name. I, I do love, so even that story goes back to Young Canadians, which is fun because it's a thing that the three of us all share. Mm-hmm. We're yes. all members of that performing yep. arts program. Um, what uh, influence do you think the Calgary education and the arts had on your life now? Because you grew up, you were in the Youth Singers, you're in Cal- uh, Young Canadians. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel those uh, programs, starting you off at a young age, really influence you as an adult performer? I truly don't think that I would be a performer if I hadn't been enrolled in it when I was such, like, at such a young age. Mm -hmm. Like, Youth Singers, for example, was where I really discovered how much I love to perform. It wasn't necessarily about technique and youth singers, you know, it's, it was an after school thing. It was something my parents put me in to stop me from going on stage every time there was a stage available. And (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. And yeah, so that's kind of where my love for performing started. And then it wasn't until I was in, I guess, grade 10 
grade 11 maybe mm-hmm. of when I uh, when I went and joined the Young Canadians, which mm-hmm. was a, um, it's a much more intense program for anyone that's not, you know, has it familiar, yeah. familiar with it. it. It's a much more intense program. When I was a part of it, when we were all a part of it, it was a free program. So mm-hmm. it was like the training was crazy. When I look back at it, we were wow. We were in those studios for so long. It was. Yeah, like, we did like on normal weeks. It was three days a week for like like five hours five or six hours after school Mm -hmm. yeah so three days a week for five or six hours not including saturdays and sundays so it was like tuesday thursday wasn't it tuesday thursday tuesday thursday sunday tuesday thursday and then when they added the performance development program that was an additional saturday class yeah and then when we were in rehearsals for shows we were there seven days a week yeah so So. it's wild i I remember because i was in for the boys in my time we had gymnastics on saturday and we had lift nights on thursday nights Mm -hmm. so I would be at Young Canadians 25 hours a week yeah. mm-hmm. on top of schoolwork, on top of I was in the Mount Royal um, Vocal, Academy. Vocal Academy with Ariel. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I remember those days just as a blur. And I talk with my family now and it's funny because they're like, yeah, you left in the morning and then you got home at like 1130 went to bed and got up and left again. And yeah. my family was like, we never saw you. No, it's mm-hmm. it's it's actually crazy to think about like, for for someone so young to be involved in that much training, it's really the kind of thing that you either realize that it's just a passion or you realize that it's your life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it's when you're in it that much and that intensely, there's no way for you to just decide like, oh, I'm just going to do this casually. Like you're you're in it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and especially young Canadians for people who don't know it's when we were a part of it, it was an unpaid like we didn't have to pay to be a part of it. It was a scholarship. Program. It was a scholarship mm-hmm. program. So mm-hmm. also getting accepted to it was really difficult. Yes. Especially because that amount of education is not affordable for I, anything. I would I would not be yeah. anywhere I am now without yeah. it because mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been able to afford 25 hours of training. Yeah, yeah absolutely. In all in several different disciplines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, no. So I think that's probably how it all how it all impacted me. I'm so grateful to both programs, unbelievably so, because I I really wouldn't have been. I I, I don't think I would have chosen to pursue it if I hadn't. Yeah. So you totally. been so, so involved. you finished that and you went to broadcast school. Yes. And what um what drew you towards broadcast school, and then what drew you away from it? Like, how did you end up back in acting after you made the jump to? Some people call like a a, a a real career. Yeah, I wouldn't say that obviously as someone who That's, thinks yeah. my career is real. No, but. Of, yeah. of course, yeah. Um, so when I first went to school, it was right after I had a year off, a year off from high school. So I took a year off. I performed with the Young Canadians for that extra year, and then I was going to go to school in Lethbridge. And unfortunately, and I wish I could say with all my heart that this wasn't a deciding factor, but there was a boy because <laughs> uh, there was always a boy at that age and he you know it wasn't it wasn't the best relationship looking back on it and it was one of those like I want to follow him because I'm going to marry him forever and here's you know <laughs> plot twist did not happen mm-hmm. but um anyway so I, I I truly chose to kind of give up performing mostly because I wanted to stay close and be be around home still mm-hmm. for that reason and also because I always was interested in journalism but I think I I truly think if I hadn't been in a relationship at that time and tried to organize my life around it which I do not encourage anyone to do (laughs) do not do it just have your own life 
do your own thing. The right people will find you. But, you know, when you're young, you make silly mistakes. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah, no. And then when I was there, I realized that I was really miserable. <laughs> like my program was pretty abusive. Like the in, the professors were quite something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and I just realized I, I wasn't happy unless I was performing all my news stories that I ever chose to cover were always like this performance is happening or this person's <laughs> coming or you know what I mean yeah so it was when I realized that that was literally my only interest mm-hmm. that I was like I need to go give this a shot and if I don't give this a shot I'm gonna kick myself yeah and thank god I did because yeah. you know what I mean it's mm-hmm. it's 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 worked out really really well but if I hadn't finally found the me that wanted to be heard you know what I mean mm-hmm. I know that sounds so woohee woohee but you know Whatever. what I mean <laughs> if I hadn't listened to myself I would have been stuck in you know somewhere doing some job I didn't like but I decided to take, take a chance and it paid yeah. off and so what was taking that chance what was that step that you took um auditioning for performing arts schools so after I graduated graduated <laughs> after I graduated um, from Lethbridge College, I had a choice of either going into the industry full time or going back to school. I also was young when I graduated high school. I think I was 16 when I graduated period or I just turned 17. You would have just turned 17. Yeah. Yeah. So still quite young to go into a program that was so short mm-hmm. and come out and expect to get like my career started. It was just something yeah. that I didn't feel necessarily ready for. Mm-hmm. So I applied for performing arts schools. I was ex- I was accepted to all my picks and I had to make a decision where to go and I I just had a feeling that Toronto was the right place to be and so I like to think it was me. But that's fine. <laughs> it was definitely impacted by that where you were 100%. Like no Sash just wanted to like follow me to Toronto just I just I needed to stalk you yeah yeah classic yeah <laughs> and then I stalked you to the school that you graduated from yes like yes, the year after she graduated I was like well if Ariel was here I want to be here too <laughs> I'm like smelling the hallways for her hair I don't know <laughs> like a wow, that, that, that took a nosedive I know I'm so sorry <laughs> I feel very uncomfortable I am right now. so sorry I didn't mean to make anyone uncomfortable it's no fine. it's fine you I'm not what? uncomfortable let's <laughs> <laughs> and that right there is what matters well I need a minute so Let's take a minute with our sponsor. Uh, Do you like that segue? Uh, and uh, when we come beautiful. back, we're going to talk some Star Trek. Yeah. And we're back. Hi. With Sastriga. The star <laughs> of Star Trek Short Trek Calypso. So you found your way to that sort of through... Um, the things that you were doing in Toronto before that, right? So you, you, you graduate school and then you booked a show pretty quickly. Yep. Letterkenny. Yes. Which is the show that you're still on. So this is like your like... 8,000th season. <laughs> 8,000th is a little high, <laughs> but it's been a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's been... It truly has been the gift that keeps on giving and I'm so grateful for it. Mm-hmm. It's... Oh God, they're all the best. <laughs> they're just the best, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, such a good set environment. I really love that we just managed to bring that show up organically, despite the fact that we've had a full conversation about it on the first attempt at recording I know. this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Bonus materials. We're very honest about our process here. You know we, what? We love to talk about. If you haven't listened to our episode, "Who's the Daddiest of the Daddies," um, 
We what tried to report record that podcast four times. Four times. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So we it's, just ended um, up being like, I said this on a previous edition of this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, we make it work. You know, we're we're <laughs> we get there in the end. We are performers. You fake it till you make it. Exactly. You fall on stage and you get back up. Yeah. You lose your shoe and you keep keep on your skirt falls down dancing and you just you, keep dancing with it around your ankles all things i've experienced so... in my whole career <laughs> um Gosh. so when you got letter kenny were you thinking like oh i think television is the thing i want to do or were you thinking more theater at that point how uh, how was your mindset at the time when i got letter kenny i loved it like it was here's the thing so with me as a performer, I've always loved to sing. I've always loved to dance. I've always loved to act. But I've never really loved musicals. Does this <laughs> make sense? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I, I've never been a crazy musical fan. Like I've never known all the songs. I've never been super excited for the album. Like I love to go see shows. Mm-hmm. But I also don't, it's not, I'd prefer to sit at home and watch a movie. I've always preferred my my entertainment to be consumed via tv film Mm -hmm. that that whole side of the industry so i've always loved that side of the industry more than i've loved musical theater Mm -hmm. but i just always loved to sing and dance so i didn't know that there could even be them combined Mm -hmm. so when i did letter kenny it was a moment of me being like oh wow this feels really good like Mm -hmm. i really enjoy this and what I love about film, and it, it, it is the same in theater, absolutely, because it, it seriously takes a village to put on, as you guys know, any show, anything. It takes, mm-hmm. like, there's mm-hmm. a million people behind the scenes that you wouldn't even know of as an audience member. Mm-hmm. But what I find so special about film is that your job as an actor is truly like the smallest job (laughs) yeah you know what I mean like it's so it's so unbelievably humbling because when you're doing a musical or something it's like oh everything's lined up for me to make my debut and then I'm singing this song and it can be I find sometimes it can feel for me a bit indulgent Mm -hmm. and in in film and television I don't I don't feel that same level of indulgence because there's just so much going on at every moment Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. And there's a million different people in up to the very last second, you know, it's just, I don't, it just, it feels like much more of a village scenario even than yeah, yeah. theater, even though theater is obviously yeah, a million people. It just, it's, it feels in a way more intimate. And I think that was my first experience of feeling that energy and realizing how much I loved it. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I went straight into a theater contract. So, but it wasn't actually until... Um, about a year, actually exactly a year ago. Wow. Like this week, exactly a year ago (laughs) that I had like the craziest week of like the craziest month of my whole life as a performer. Like, oh, it was insane. I'm so grateful for it, but it was just, Mm -hmm. so pretty much what happened is I had been, I had booked a theater show. So I was doing a a show out in Grand Bend, uh, with Drayton Entertainment Mm -hmm. and Rocky. 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 So I did Rocky the musical and then I also did uh, a panto. I did Jack and the Beanstalk. So we're doing Jack and the Beanstalk and during Rocky I had got news that they were bringing my character back again for Letterkenny. Psyched. Obviously. I was so happy. I love being brought back. Like I, it, mm-hmm. it feels like a second home really. 
So when I when I got that news, but I was already on a theater contract, I was like, oh, shoot, I'm not going to be able to do it because I'm booked in advance for eight show weeks. Mm-hmm. I have one day off. My Monday is my one day off a week mm-hmm. to do it. And um, somehow production was an angel and <laughs> everything worked. And they found a way for, to make all of my filming days happen on Monday, which was my dark day. Yeah. So you're like you're so grateful, but at the same time you're like, oh my oh god, my god what yeah. is my life for months? It it for, for for one month it was like, oh, this is gonna be a very long, difficult in a way month, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but also it's gonna be great. But the the extra bit is that it was also a remount of Jack and the Beanstalk. So we'd yeah. done the show, we'd put the whole show on before. Mm-hmm. We'd had about three months off, I'd say, and then we had like two or three days to remount the entire production. So <laughs> I would be remounting doing these 12-hour tech days as you do in theater. Mm-hmm. And then I'd have to drive out to go to uh, Sudbury, Sudbury to film, yeah. which is where we film Letterkenny. But the issue is the drive from Grand Bend to Sudbury is about nine and a half hours. <laughs> so I would be finishing a 12-hour tech day. Mm-hmm. I would get in the car. Thankfully, my boyfriend is just the most incredible creature that's ever graced this planet (laughs) because he drove me he came from toronto and he would come every sunday and he would stay with me and then we would drive all the way he would drive because i would a nine and a half hour i i couldn't i wouldn't have been able to do it honestly it wouldn't have been safe Mm -hmm. so he came and he drove me a full nine and a half hours to sudbury Every Sunday night, I'd get there at like, what, three, four in the morning, Mm -hmm. sleep for an hour or two. My call time would be six. Mm -hmm. I'd film all day, you know, and you know how film days are. They can be 13, 15, 17 hours. hours. (laughs) You know what I mean? At the time, you're just like, I've been awake forever. Yeah. (laughs) But it's, it's, you know, it's, it's what happens, right? It's just the way it goes. And then I would drive nine and a half hours back to Grand Bend to Mm -hmm. do a 10 a.m. show. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it was like so much happening yeah that I did you know what I mean mm-hmm. but it was incredible it was it was it was the highlight of my whole career life so far because yeah. especially being able to do them so closely back to back there's such a comparison there that it really makes you realize exactly what you love what what you aren't crazy about with each process because every process is going to be different you know like Mm -hmm. filming a tv show is very different than doing a theater show yeah like polar worlds apart so doing that was really nice because i actually got to compare that and say oh i actually really love doing this show like i love Mm -hmm. doing not not let i mean i love letter kenny for sure Mm -hmm. but i just mean acting on camera i was like this is wow i sit in here you know it's in my Mm -hmm. pocket i feel grounded and then i would go and do the show and i'd I'd have to get back into my body and it would take me longer doing a theater doing the run Mm -hmm. like it would take until like show four for me to finally feel like i was back versus when i'd step on set it would be like i'm in yeah so at that point i knew that my passion as much as i love both i had to focus on film for a bit more Okay, I feel like we have discussed everything but Star Trek, and <laughs> Star Trek is going to be the thing in the Descriptor. title. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. So, so you were on Star Trek. Give the people what they want. Yeah, give <laughs> the people what they want. So you were on Star Trek. I was on Star Trek. How was that audition process? Um, audition process was interesting. All audition processes are interesting. They're always different. They're always different. Um, 
it was it was really fun um i i did a tape i was out doing a theater show in calgary i think i was doing legally blonde i think i've mentioned that and um in the I, podcast that is, that oh, is not available yeah. oh yeah so in the podcast that's not available that you guys missed out on i mentioned it might that. be on patreon so like go be a patreon yeah so maybe go be a patreon <laughs> and then you can hear all about legally blonde yeah <laughs> anyways i did uh i did my audition tape and i i sent it in and i when i got the breakdown i was freaking out because it's star trek yeah, totally. And it's interesting. This is this is probably a, a fact that people don't really know about um, about filming high. Um, what's the word I'm looking science for? Science fiction. Um, not science fiction, but TV shows that are popular. A popular show, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Or you know what I mean? Something people are really interested in, and there's would be a lot of leaks and spoilers about. Mm-hmm. So what they usually do is they'll <laughs> they'll for the breakdown even they won't really tell you what it's for. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. I knew that it was for Star Trek, but I had no idea what it was going to be. I had no idea which actors I would be with. All it says is like with a high profile, you know, person of blah, blah, blah. And it has a code name and everything that you, you know, that you have to submit it under. And it's like there's all these like, yeah, you know, there's all these different kind oh, yeah. of things to to keep it secret which is great and has to happen and that's why ndas are important <laughs> did you have to sign an nda to get the audition no because i have there there are auditions that i've done that i'm not allowed to talk about yeah yeah it's like for like 15 years and things yep. like that like it's wild yeah. yeah i haven't had any like that that i can remember unless i'm just really lacking on my ndas but <laughs> Yeah, but it was it was interesting. So I, I knew what it was for, mm-hmm. but I didn't know anything else but that, mm-hmm. you know? So you're kind of left to the figments of your imagination and then you're getting excited and you're looking at the cast list and you're like, oh, what if it was with this person? Like, I would be I would be so nervous. I don't think I could do it. And like, mm-hmm. you're psyching yourself out before you even get the job. And it's such a weird thing that actors do. We mm-hmm. like yeah. find out what it's for and then we like look up everyone involved and then we psych ourselves out and we're like, well, I can't be next to that person because they're incredible. And I would just like be crying the entire time. And it's like, just do your audition. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you'll book the job. And when you book the job, then we'll deal with that. Yeah, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And you, you never know like who's going to be in the scene with you no like you might be like oh you're gonna be on the shuttle by yourself <laughs> we're just gonna record you in a dark room for a few hours yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. you're not gonna see another human yeah yeah very very possible <laughs> or you're gonna be on a green screen everyone else will be put in later and look at this tennis ball yeah yeah exactly right like there's so many different things but with with that one specifically i just remember not really knowing what it was all about mm-hmm. but still doing my best to do what i felt you know would be giving doing justice to the character and everything and Mm-hmm. worked out really well they called me uh my agent called me and i was freaking out <laughs> yeah and i was so psyched I, me and my 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 friends in my dressing room my good friend bracken um she was playing l in the musical that we were we were doing we shared a dressing room and i told her i'd sent in the self-tape and she watched it and she was like you know what you're gonna book this one and I was like, don't say that to me. Don't <laughs> ever. Do not yeah. ever yeah. say that to me. And she's like, no, you're booking it. I will bet you $10 that you book this. Hi, and then I was, like, and I was like, great, sure. And I still haven't paid her. I should probably pay her because she bet me $10. So I would have to pay her $10. Oh, I, I don't did. understand how betting works. Yep, you're right. Yep. You're never going to a casino. I, no, I can't. <laughs> no. I, I don't have any money. That's right. I don't that, you need money to start. You can't start with zero money that's true. and go up. You that's have to true. bring money to... 
I know how betting works as well. You yeah, know, they definitely like make you give them money and stuff. It's quite rude, actually. Yeah. Like, Why do like, goods and services money. cost things? I don't yeah. get it. How dare? It's don't they know actors are broke? Yeah. <laughs> don't they know that we work on exposure? Yeah, I have these um, exposure dollars. Yeah, could you? Can do you, you accept these? You don't I accept exposure? It's like so Canadian tire money. Many exposure dollars. <laughs> yeah. But oh, I have like God. a bunch of likes on Instagram. Do you accept those? No? Yeah, I can. <laughs> Some places will. Yeah. That's actually true. That's true. That's actually a true fact wild anyways um what was i saying <laughs> we you did your best i did Bracken my best oh it. you owe her ten dollars i owe her ten dollars you owe bracken ten dollars and I've, now it's on it's on audio i have like, owed bracken ten dollars for about two years now mm-hmm. and i should and you got that star trek money like you should be able to pay her ten bucks i you know and i uh <laughs> didn't i haven't I should. I so, will text her after this and I will Venmo her $10. Like, Those big, big short film dollars. What's <laughs> wild to me, when, whenever I talk about like TV and film and, you know, because I've, I've, I've been working for, you know, 10 years in New York now and I've done a lot of really cool, wonderful things and I'll tell people who aren't in the industry about them and they'll be like, oh man, like you must just have all this money. And I'm like, no, no. That, <laughs> that paycheck from that gig I was waiting for so that, and, and I, I needed that paycheck to come in at the right day so that I could pay my rent that month. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Truly. Yeah. And there, there's definitely a level where you start to have a lot of money. Yeah, but, of course. Know, it's, well, it's with, not, with anything, right? Yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah. The, the, uh, the understanding of what the financial situation for most actors is, is not there when especially when i talk with my family or things around like thanksgiving they're like oh so you probably like you're set for the year and i'm like no i did a day on a tv show (laughs) you know i made a thousand dollars it was great (laughs) and i bought too many drinks for my friends that night yeah 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 Yeah. um so you you play uh the physical embodiment of the ship I do. Z- mm-hmm. Zora? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you are a dancer representing that. Yeah. So was your tape audition a dance piece? It was. Mm-hmm. Did they send you choreography? Like how did, or was it like improv for eight bars? No, it was more the latter. I will not be divulging too much of that, but it mm-hmm. was definitely more the latter. Fair. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I always love those. They're, they're truly my favorite when they're like, Hey, we need you to figure out what it is that we want. Yeah. But we're not going to tell you. Yeah. 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 And you're not getting paid for this audition, but we need you to do that work for us. Yeah. <laughs> That's the true fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But you know, yeah, actors do a lot of unpaid work. <laughs> Are we starting the labor union on this podcast? Absolutely. Are we starting the new actor? Hey, yeah, I actor. I would love to be union. So like, if we can maybe start one, I, I think I think I, I I you know I have high hopes. Is there a union for Twitch affiliates? <laughs> Should we Let's start? Let's make the, one. The TAA. Twitch affiliates association. Association. Sure. Yes. Um. Okay. So you get the call and you're going to do Star Trek. What mm-hmm. was the what, what what was that day? Because how, how many days of filming was it? Oh, it was it was a, it was actually a fair amount of time filming. I think. Oh, it was. Oh man, I'm gonna let you guys down. I, I I can't remember exactly how long it was, but I know that there was a lot that went into it. Like I think it was a good two weeks of of mm-hmm. work. Oh wow, yeah. But as it is, especially with with the nature of what Aldous and I were doing, um, 
it's obviously you have to choreograph that. So there's going to be rehearsals for that. Then there's mm-hmm. so many costumes. My dress. Oh, my goodness. The costume department. They killed it. <laughs> yeah. It looks ten incredible. Out of 10 costume department. Like that mm-hmm. was incredible. I had, well, I had quite a few fittings for that dress. So they made it from scratch. And wow. it was custom made for me. Mm-hmm. So it's fits me like a glove. yeah it's, it's, it fits beautiful. me like a glove it, it was incredible it was such a beautiful experience <laughs> actually to be a part of crafting such a legendary mm-hmm. piece yeah. you know what I mean like yeah and you yeah. said that your co-star was incredible to work with oh mind-blowingly incredible <laughs> like he's he's the best I don't know if, if you guys have yeah he's yeah Aldous is incredible mm-hmm. <laughs> 10 out of 10 Aldous yes you're 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 awesome. the best yeah so how how did that filming process work were you guys like on the did you get to film in the bridge set or was it yep. all digital because you're digital on set i'm digital mm-hmm. so that was actually a really interesting part for me actually after it all came out because i'd never seen myself digitally mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. So yeah, so we we filmed it all in person. Aldis and I doing the doing the dance sequence together, and uh, yeah, they added the digital aspect after. But all of that happened on on the bridge set, and that oh. was the craziest moment. Wow! Like that set is out of this world, mm-hmm. out of this world. You know, well, I, I, I mean, literally it's, it's, not it's, it is quite literally <laughs> out of this world, and um, so they nailed it. Yeah, I, I was, my breath was taken away the second I stepped on. It was, it was, it was shivers were going up my spine. I was, it was magic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pure, pure wow. magic. Mm-hmm. And so now you're a part of a legacy of, uh, you know, an IP that has, yeah. you know, a a genuine, like, impact on the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Star Trek is, a, you know, I think, what, 50 years old now? At least, yeah. At least. Mm-hmm. And um, how have you felt being, you know, obviously things have probably changed for you online with mm-hmm. the that community finding you. How do you feel like you've kind of integrated into that part of it? It's been nothing but a gift, honestly. Everyone's been fantastic and so supportive and mm-hmm. the fandom is incredible. Mm-hmm. They are, yeah. They're truly incredible people and some of the messages I've received are they're just so kind you know they're they're the kinds that you like print away and put in a binder to Mm -hmm. bring out when trolls are mean to you yeah (laughs) you know what I mean which is also another part of the industry that will happen at some point right but you know what I mean so it's it's but there's been nothing but love Mm -hmm. and it's been so rewarding yeah and some of your fan art has been awesome I was like whoa oh I know some of my fan art's incredible yeah yeah and so my fan fan mail is wonderful and it's just it's it's really cool it was it was my first that was my first time experiencing being a part of something so much bigger than myself Mm -hmm. and the way that everyone treats you when you're a part of this bigger family is just so nice you know all of a sudden all of a sudden you're this like I don't know this this character that people I don't know. People have associated with and 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 are a part of their their passion. It's really really yeah. magical. It was really cool. Well, and you kind of exist in a weird space where you are the like the ship that you embody mm-hmm. within the episode exists within the show. You know, Star Trek Discovery, yeah. 
And so you are in a way tied to, you are the physical embodiment of that ship All in its it. own mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is such an interesting, like, I knowing the fan community and knowing yeah. the way that um, fan fiction and things work, there are people who will write their sh- fan fictions with you in mind. And like, yeah. you're going yeah. to be a part of <laughs> And some of those will be very, very weird to read and very fun. With <laughs> um, I love fan fiction. I, I can't wait for someone to write fan fiction about us. Uh, mm-hmm. It happens. <laughs> it's probably already happened, honestly. Uh, okay. Sure. Um, but you're, you 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 know, fairly early in your career, you're getting to step into like one of those larger things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah you really you really hit the nail on the head there it's just obviously when i when i did the audition i didn't know the extent to which my mm-hmm. character existed you know because you don't get the script and you you know mm-hmm. it's not until you book it and it's further in that you get to read the whole thing and see where you fit in and see what the pieces are but when it clicked and especially when um it's when aldis looks at uh audrey hepburn the mm-hmm. um the mm-hmm. hologram of audrey hepburn and mm-hmm. he's like no i, I don't want to dance with her i want to dance with you mm-hmm and just and Annabelle Wallace plays this beautifully. She she plays the voice of Zora, and um, when she has that moment of kind of realizing it's safe to explore what she would be if mm. she could be human, mm-hmm. and just that what she would be her dream her dream creature <laughs> that she would be is me. I'm yeah. like what <laughs> me? <laughs> Are you sure? But yeah, yeah, so it's just I that moment especially and I it just had such like when you're on set sometimes and something magical happens, there's this like tingle in the air. It's like electricity, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And when when that line was said and when I, I do my reveal and it's just there was there was this tingle and it was yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's a really special moment that in the episode for sure. Mm-hmm. Um Was she on set doing those lines or was it no. just no, we had another actress on set doing the line. She was incredible as well. She was, <laughs> oof, wow. I, I, I love when it's an actress, but I also kind of love when it's like a line producer who's not <laughs> acting, who just has the script in front of them. They're like, all right, so when uh, Dave over there says the line, uh, you're going to go off of that. And the guy's like, so I love you a lot. <laughs> and like, you just watch the actors go <laughs> yeah, from yeah. there. Yeah, no, I, movie it, magic. It, movie it was magic. yeah, no, it was really done well. They brought they brought a really really talented actress on, and her emotional depth and connectivity to the to the material was superb. Really, yeah. I think what really impressed me about the short as a whole was the genuine like connection that you feel between him and what essentially is mm-hmm. like an Amazon Echo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> an Amazon Echo. Well, but, but <laughs> Alexa. Know, it keeps cutting to that like <laughs> that like circular thing above the door where her mm-hmm. voice vibration diagram moves. I don't know yeah. what to call that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, where the, the sonogram moves. I don't know. A sonogram. Isn't that like a sound? Never mind. Um, a, the physical representation of sound is the... the, the I thought a sonogram I'm, I'm right was what you got when you're pregnant and you looked at the child. It is i yeah. don't <laughs> so sound waves so sound i was waves. really impressed cool. with the amazon echo relationship <laughs> i don't know i thought it was very i i just really loved it uh, up until the last line about the 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 lover um line at the end of the episode which i thought was really really just beautiful oh, and a great when, moment um if you were my lover you would yeah, give me my, name. Give me my yeah. name yeah that so just the 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 way in which the short anthropomorphized 
Zora even before it literally anthropomorphized her yeah. by putting you yeah. in the film. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I, I, it's, it was really lovely. It's a, it's a beautiful, mm-hmm. um, you know, 20 minute piece of art. Yeah, it's it's what's what's really exciting about about that short specifically um, was that it feels like the promise of a of a new future. Like it feels like the beginning of another generation. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. there's just something about it that just has so many beginnings to it. Yeah, and I love that it leaves you with that sense of like, oh wow, I feel deeply moved by this. You know, and like. Again, Aldous, like, again, I'm just going to give him props because he deserves the world of props. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, is that Aldous is acting that entire scene alone. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, he he is. He's having having a conversation with, again, like, brilliant brilliant actress. But it's hard when you're not having that that connection to someone else saying the lines in front of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? So his performance in that is even more superb because of mm-hmm. all of the, all of those factors that you don't really think about mm-hmm. unless you you know are an actor and yeah yeah and it's interesting to me that um something like this would never have been made mm. be without the reach that Star Trek has like the reason this is able to exist is because the Star Trek show exists and so the set already existed yep. and there weren't those like financial impediments of like oh we have to build this whole thing from scratch mm-hmm. they course. had an infrastructure and I think what I'm really loving about what Star Trek is doing with this is these short treks and all of these, you know, the animated show that they're doing, these are opportunities to give different kinds of art a opportunity to be seen by a larger audience mm-hmm. in a through an IP that puts it out there and makes people interested. Um, you know, there, there's elements of this short that are a little avant-garde, filmmaking and totally the the, uh, the opening shot of betty boop is such a like <laughs> odd was an I, I was even like oh wow this is a really weird way to start this mm-hmm. and it laced its way through the sh- the short in a really beautiful way and i just felt like oh it's really nice to see this giant company with this giant ip that makes 800 million dollar movies mm-hmm. Be like you know what let's take the time and the resources to make sure that we keep growing new talent Mm -hmm. we give young directors opportunities to make things because a lot of these short tracks are made by people who've never you know Mm -hmm. yeah um and i I would love to see more of that kind of opportunity being given to people yeah i think giving young directors oh we really like your first feature here's 200 million dollars to mess up something (laughs) um it's 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 it sometimes works out obviously like it worked out with um the guy who made spider-man homecoming yeah. Um, but especially with the calls for diversity and things going on, I would love to see opportunities like this being given to young directors of different backgrounds mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to give them a chance to get real credits and like get out there and see their work mm-hmm. in a way that will get seen beyond a short film festival in Houston. You know, like those kind of things can be a little difficult. Yeah. And it's just, I, yeah, I, I really, really love that Star Trek is putting its brand into the next generation of filmmaking in this way. For sure. Yeah. I think it's so special about the Star Trek short treks is that they're so vulnerable mm. in a way, mm-hmm. you know, because they don't have to follow the canon of everything that's happened in the previous season. You know, there's there's a certain freedom to really explore these characters and explore their backstories, where they came from, why they came from. Mm-hmm. Like Calypso, that's that's you know, it's it's a question mark of 
future what happened like there's all this there's so much to your imagination and like these are the things that and it's like you say because it's already exists in such a a strong amazing way that they can explore these themes Mm -hmm. but i just think that's why i'm especially so grateful to be a part of that Mm -hmm. because it was like exploring a whole world in a way that's really intimate Mm-hmm. It well, just felt intimate with everything that it brings up. The thousand years, like all the, the wars, it doesn't take any time with those ideas. Yeah, it the the short is like those are interesting in another thing. Yeah, but in this, we're just going to focus on these two scarred individuals mm-hmm. who are both literally and figuratively carrying the weight of their pasts with them mm-hmm. into this relationship mm-hmm. and how they more how the ship helps him move out of that or move beyond that and you know into the next phase of his life because mm-hmm. she's stuck she can't yeah you know. which is also such Tragic. a heartbreaking notion oh truly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. it's it, it does play with that i think what was really interesting is me as an actor playing that part and not having lines because mm-hmm. my 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 role in it was a silent role mm-hmm. yeah but yet i'm embodying all of the history Mm -hmm. you know what I mean so it was a very interesting acting exercise for me because I didn't get to express myself with my words yeah you know totally all all I could go on was this is everything that's happened and now I've appeared and like how how vulnerable would I feel like this is the first time I'm revealing myself to someone and like do you like it do you like me yeah am I am I okay and then it's like having that connection like what 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 Zora's hungered for for so long you know and it's um it was a yeah. really interesting acting exercise for me about how to portray all of that with just my body and just my movement and just my facial expressions you know and just mm-hmm. be true to everything that's happened yeah I love that the idea of her evolving herself over the last thousand years is the idea of her becoming very human yeah like you know because she says I've been evolving myself and like I find it very interesting that, you know, that that's the direction she went because it, it could have been like calculated, cold, robotic. I just, I, I love that idea that they threw in there that mm-hmm. over the last thousand years she's evolving herself and that has led her to closer to humanity. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting the choice to have because uh, she, the single tear that rolls down your cheek mm-hmm. um, is, is such an interesting idea because she would know that he can't see it mm-hmm. and it's not like she so she has to like tell her programming to create the the hologram video for a tear to go down your cheek or there's the question of if what's perceived as her new humanity is overridden that yeah you know well but, but i just mean that it would still be like it's still code the tear like all so it's the idea that like it doesn't matter that he can't see it it's mm-hmm. not i just love that it's it not a performative, performative action yeah yeah, yeah totally. absolutely there was yeah. no like it didn't feel like she was trying to convince him to do something with it no. it was something that she felt she had to do yeah mm-hmm. because of how she was feeling in the moment and that made it more um, like oh i was like oh shit that she has feelings yeah like, that yeah. feeling is real it's a moment of being like oh wow yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. it drops in yeah it gave me shivers thinking about it yeah yeah, yeah it was it, really cool <laughs> i i didn't know what to expect because i have not seen any of the other short tricks this is the only one i've watched mm-hmm. um and now i'm like oh like we need to spend the time to go watch all they're of great because mm-hmm. i really uh, I, I was very moved I, I thought you know short film is such a hard form of mm-hmm 
um, storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it's done well, it's it packs such a punch. Yeah. Because a, a feature film is is a lot easier in a lot of ways, just because you have the time to build characters and things like that, and connect with them. But you know, you have to sit with the different scenes. You have to sit mm-hmm. with different aspects of it, and the audience has to be okay, kind of, with all of it to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With short films, you have a very, very short amount of time to make a lot clearer, mm-hmm. and this one really, really succeeded in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They didn't. They didn't. Um, they didn't waste time. You know, like you yeah, said, no they 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 mentioned some things, and they were just they were facts of this that we accepted, and that you know we understood influenced how the characters got here. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, there was no there was no like fat to trim. It was very streamlined, and uh, I think they did a really good job. Actually, yeah, it was some incredible writing. Yeah, and some incredible direction. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was very enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, your first Fan Expo Comic Con, you're getting us tickets, right? Yes, for sure. I mean, hopefully we'll have media badges. We'll be there officially as Nerdy oh, Nightly. as Nerdy Nightly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got and it. Then we'll get the. How about you guys are just my you. like official reporters? Done. <laughs> we only cover. You only from now. cover yeah. me. Yeah. Only me. That's you're gonna it. have to like. You're you're gonna have to have like a weird acting career then where like you give us plenty to talk about because we have a weekly podcast yeah we stream for uh, like 25 hours a week like we that's need right. content and Listen, it's all do... nerdy stuff we need a nerdy video game that we can play that's just like you living your life <laughs> just me like walking like sims but just like sash yeah i think kim kardashian has one oh there's like a kim kardashian she does mobile game. for sure yeah, yeah what yeah let's not even get that's into not. that i can't so what is your what is your nerddom my nerddom is Harry Potter through and through. Yeah. Do not condone J.K. Rowling or any of her yeah, actions. That's disclaimer. Absolutely not. I've, Pack I've it started, in. I've literally started like. There's things that I talk about that I'm like. I just go controversy noted. Yeah. Just to be like, I know it's like, there, but like. The thing yeah. is that the the reality of of my relationship personally with Harry Potter is that. Yes, J.K. Rowling was the creator, and she created a beautiful world. Mm-hmm. But this is, and this sounds weird, but this is kind of my feelings of interaction. It's like the first time I'm watching it or reading it, I'm interacting with J.K. Rowling's world. Mm-hmm. The second time, the third time, the eighteen millionth time, yeah. as I have watched, read them inside yeah. and out. Yeah. It's no longer her world. It's become mine, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Uh, that's actually you know? a really interesting point because I honestly, in a way, feel like the world of Harry Potter is almost the community's. I agree. Well, and, you know, John Green, the author, um, was asked, like, do you read your own books? And I, he was talking about it on his podcast. He's like, I don't really because I don't feel like they're mine after they're published. Mm-hmm. Like, they're mine until I can change them. And then once I can't change them anymore they're whoever's re- like they're not mine anymore and i think that it, it's you know i think we're in a really interesting place right now discussing death of the author not literal death but like yeah at, at what point does the author no longer have sway over how you feel about the work yeah because it's tough to read any american or english literature from any period of history without realizing that the people who wrote them were probably not great people yeah, um, yeah. like you know catcher in the rye wasn't written by a saint yeah uh, no. <laughs> And so it, it becomes tough when it's the most popular thing in the world mm-hmm. and it's the the most pressing, one of the most pressing topics of our time. Trans rights are, you know, it's a, a very important very, discussion going on right now. Very. Mm-hmm. And to have a person who was 
who wrote a book that is essentially a treatise on being nice and not mistreating people I and know. accepting people. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's wild. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it is wild. And I, it's the what disconnect, happened? but you know what? And this is kind of my thing. And this is what I've always said. This sounds really sad. I'm just going to say it, <laughs> but it's sad. I don't have, like, I, I don't have idols. I don't believe in them. I don't, mm-hmm. truly 100%. Like don't. as a person. Like as a person, mm-hmm. like as a, but even as, even as, Actors, directors, writers, etc. You know, people ask me a lot. They're like, who's your dream director to work with? Who's your dream, you know, scene partner? Who's your Mm -hmm. favorite actor? Who's your favorite actress? And I'm like, I can't answer that question because I do not know the person. Mm -hmm. I can say I loved, um, you know, X person in X movie. And I love the way this person directed this. And like, I love the writing in this. Mm -hmm. But for me to say, oh, I really want to work with them. Why am I setting myself up? for failure not as in I won't work with them but when I do work with them what if they don't meet my expectations I've already put on them yeah like I just I don't know I guess I'm I'm a big believer in looking at the work and accepting it for what it is mm-hmm. and then if someone proves you wrong later you know I yeah. don't know I just I just I just don't I don't really buy into the I- idol yeah philosophy yeah I, I think it's interesting because I think when I think about like who I want to work with a lot of the time it's who do I want to work with again like who mm-hmm. have I worked with that because you know the the truth is my favorite experiences have not always been on the best projects Hmm. or on the the most budgeted projects and honestly Mm -hmm. the best work that i've done is probably not the highest budgeted work that Mm -hmm. i've done that is not always a connected idea um and you know sometimes you're working with someone whose work you love and you realize that the way that they get it to be so good is they maybe don't treat everybody in the room very well for the yep. actual creation process. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it, it, it does make it very tough. But I, I think that, you know, going back to your point on the Harry Potter community, I, I think it is, you know, because we put out, we're filming the, or recording this podcast close to when we put out the Harry Potter Bakes Cake. video. Yeah. And, you know, when we were having the discussion of that, it was really, J.K. Rowling has a problematic idea about the world that we don't agree with. Mm-hmm. But we have 20 plus years of real world interactions with people that aren't her Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that are based on a mutual love of this book. And she cannot take away those relationships and that feeling. Mm -hmm. And yes, it will make, you know, things like supporting future things that she works on a a thing that I'm not sure I'm going to do. I 100% won't. We don't have to go see the next Fantastic Beasts movie. (laughs) Which would be the most problematic film ever. Ezra Miller, J.K. Rowling, and Johnny Depp all connected to the same project. Yeah, like, please, let's... Yeah, yeah. Um, So, you know, I, I think the Harry Potter community, and the Harry Potter fan community in particular, is like a thing that I've experienced my whole life. Yeah. And there's so many memories in it, and not one of them is J.K. Rowling actually a part of. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't want to lose that just because I find the woman's opinions about people that I love deeply, deeply flawed. Yeah. 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 I think for me, the reason I love Harry Potter so much is that for a while, Harry Potter was my only friend. Like Harry Mm -hmm. Potter, Ron and Hermione, they were my, they were my only friends. Mm -hmm. Like I was bullied when I was a kid and everyone's been bullied at some point, but let me tell you, I had it 
rough. Well, you. Mm, I was about to be like, well, you went to this school, and then I was like, maybe you shouldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll just not. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um. But yeah, no. I I had it really rough, and the I would every single night literally every night after school i would go home and i would watch harry potter and the philosopher's stone mm-hmm. every single night yeah mm-hmm. without fail yeah because it was the only thing that made me feel okay when and it was a big bonding thing for us too huge for us like i'm also huge harry potter buff mm-hmm. like we we did harry potter trivia nights yeah. together you know <laughs> what i mean like that's been a huge connection in our relationship exactly it's like i i wouldn't have my best friend i wouldn't have honestly probably any confidence if i hadn't watched it because you know i like what's watching hermione and being like people bully her but she's strong and she's you know yeah. and she doesn't she doesn't let them do that to her and she's really smart and clever and i'm gonna be smart and clever and it's like if i didn't have that mm-hmm. i wouldn't be who i am today totally so yeah. screw you jk rowling for every <laughs> horrible thing you've been saying lately yeah but i do love you harry potter if that yes. makes sense absolutely well and i've definitely felt very um uh consoled might be the wrong word but i'm gonna go with it uh, by the movie side of the harry potter community mm-hmm. the actors and the directors like they've all come out against what she's saying yeah absolutely. and so i it's it makes it uh you know it's it's not perfect I'm like thank god but it is I know. It, it is nice to see that there are people associated with that thing that i love so much who are publicly saying that you know, absolutely daniel radcliffe's um uh what he put out the statement he put out through the trevor project i mm-hmm. thought was particularly um nice to see yep. mm-hmm. um to see harry potter himself be like hey remember when we made that thing about how like bullying is bad and thinking yeah. that you're better than others is bad and y- have you read the books that you wrote lately yeah yeah for sure <laughs> i think at, at some point it becomes more than the person that wrote it and mm-hmm. i think for me it's the first time it's about jk rowling every time after that it's never been even remotely tied back to her yep Mm -hmm. so that's kind of my view on it Mm -hmm. willing to be wrong love being corrected (laughs) love learning don't we all (laughs) truly i love to learn so if anyone you know has anything to say to make me think otherwise or enlighten me to a perspective i haven't seen before go ahead but yeah you know no i i i totally get that please we're all in this to learn yeah we're all deeply flawed human beings just trying (laughs) our best (laughs) truly hopefully with fewer flaws than we used to have yeah that's the key is that you go forward in life and you hopefully or you're on an upward trajectory yeah every day you're becoming more understanding and compassionate and empathetic and loving and yeah Mm -hmm. that's the hope yeah the hope (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's some days i'm like i think i have a few more flaws today than i had yesterday but then you know but then it's because you're like oh i'm are... hungry <laughs> and then and i'm like, like oh it's because i'm today. intermittent fasting yeah <laughs> it's an intermittent fasting and i'm sad it's because yeah. it's 12 15 and i haven't eaten yet today because i'm not allowed to eat for 15 more minutes <laughs> yeah. Yeah, seriously um are, are you allowed to talk about anything coming up or is it all like well, here's the uh, the sad the sad deal is everything coming up is uh, no longer uh, coming up. <laughs> right, COVID, We're, COVID pandemic. Well, but I I I don't know. Uh, true. I, I ask in case there's. I want good news. Yeah. I just want someone we to want bring me news. good news. Yeah. We all, you know, and I'm I'm awaiting. I'm awaiting for the good news. But mm-hmm. in the meantime, I'm happy to just exist in the now and be grateful for my health and my friendships yeah. and mm-hmm. spending time with my family and having a minute to breathe because it's truly been a 
crazy three years for me. So it's yeah. also I'm, I'm, you know, I'm tr- just trying to take everything day by day and, you know, if just feel, feel it all out, you know, my, my motto is to be gentle with yourself. That's kind of my go-to thing. It's gotten me through a lot of dark times. Just be gentle with yourself. So it's yeah. like, if you need to be sad today, be sad, but mm-hmm. tomorrow give yeah. yourself a little, little hug <laughs> and go on. Yep. And so that's kind of how it's how it is with career at the moment. It's a bit yeah, like, all right, absolutely. and a little unemployed, but we're good because tomorrow I might not be. You know, who knows? COVID might, hopefully, something will happen. Yeah. Hopefully, when hopefully when you're listening to this, listener, this it's all over. And yeah, that yeah. We're, that's all we can hope for. I, I I highly doubt that we're gonna save this that long because probably we're not. probably gonna need to put it out at some point if my surgery happens. But um. <laughs> If my surgery happens, it will. It will. It will. It, yeah. it, it, not, not problem. Just a light throat surgery. I feel like now it's like, wait, wait, is, are you, just is, are you okay? A, just getting those tonsils out. Just a quick yep. in and out. Where it's, it's an in tonsils out. You know. It's an in tonsils out. <laughs> I, if you saw the hand motions along with it, it would make yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah. It's a shame the video aspect of this podcast did not work. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I have some quite intriguing hand motions as i talk i've realized well i think that that's a great sentiment to end it on i love the way that you're looking at the world um where can people find you online you can find me on instagram at sash striga s-a-s-h-s-t-r-i-g-a and that's pretty much it honestly yeah your website i don't yeah my website is Mm sashstriga.com um yeah, if you want to reach out, I have a little reach out button on there. You can just send me a little quickie email. Yeah. Oh, cute. I love yeah. that. Yeah. I yeah, that. so I got that going, but I'm not really on anything else. I don't really do the Twitter. Yeah. I don't really do the Facebook. That's I just fair. do the Instagram. I like to stay off the internet as much as possible. So hey. I only have one social media channel. I am, I am jealous. <laughs> yeah. Because we live online. We yep. do. Yeah. It's definitely easier to find us because we are at Nerdy Nightly basically on every possible platform imaginable yeah you can also find us on twitch i'm at nerdy nightly i'm at clarice jacaris and uh yeah i would love to say that we're on twitch this week or things but i actually don't know when this is coming out so who knows twitch might not exist by then i'll probably (laughs) at least be on you know you might be not able to speak for two weeks but that's okay that's true this might be on my hiatus but here's the exciting bit if this is happening on his hiatus i will be replacing david (laughs) I will be doing the podcast and I will be doing the stream with Ariel. Which wow. Have her run past them, but now it's a thing. So, so you mean you're not having to Toronto in September? Nope. Cause... I'm going to stay and I'm going to annoy you. I <laughs> cannot wait to watch you stream on Twitch. <laughs> I'm really excited to stream on Twitch, Star, actually. Star Wars Sundays are going to be fascinating with yeah. you. We have to do the uh, the thing we talked about. What did we talk about? The the VR thing with the scary things. Oh, God, no. Yes. I want to so badly. Don't worry, I'm brave. I'm brave, so I'll it's, actually get through it. But Ariel's on little audio, little so it's happening. No. Wimpy it's wimp happening. nugget. I never agreed to anything. I'm being held against my will. <laughs> Somebody sent help. Yes, she is. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I don't know a better way to end a podcast than that. So my name's David Webb. <laughs> I'm Ariel Edwards. Do something nerdy tonight. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.